Happy New Year, my friends, and welcome to 2022. I personally am excited for what this year is going to bring. And here on the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, we're in the middle of the best of episodes from 2021. So I hope you've been enjoying some downtime over these holidays and spending some time with your family or friends wherever you are. Right now, as of the release of this episode, because this intro is pre-recorded, uh, my family and I are actually on a motorhome holiday driving around Tasmania, which is an island state off the southern end of Australia. And I'm sure that I am in the thick of some holiday moments right now. But as for you, right now, you're listening to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. So thanks for joining me. And in this best of episode to kick off 2022, I'm bringing back an episode with my friend Chris Mercer from Measurement Marketing. Now, in this episode, Chris shares a whole bunch of really valuable and accessible information about how to understand the role of analytics when it comes to your video strategy. So this episode was first released back on the podcast in April 2021. So if you didn't catch it then, or if you want a refresher, then enjoy this best of episode with Chris Mercer from Measurement Marketing. If you think about it, there's nothing else in the world that anybody else does like they do with with data like you don't put a bunch of random parts in your driveway and then hope it's going to turn into a car right you always you always plan things out you're like this is what should happen and everybody does that with everything you don't mix a bunch of ingredients and hope it turns into a cake you have a plan you follow a recipe right you're always kind of judging is this working like it's supposed to but with big data for some reason everybody goes into it and and they think that they have to sleuth around to find like this one insight that they're it's like this jade monkey in the middle of a statue and they're like oh i'm gonna find this magic insight that's gonna turn me into a supermarketer and it's just it doesn't work like that it works the same way like everything else does is you come to it with a question is this working like it's supposed to and then you look in your data and your data suggests it is or no it's not and at that point you can then take the actions you need to take let me ask you something how are you dealing with the data available around your video strategy? Is it a case of every now and then just opening your analytics trunk, poking around a bit and then closing it back up again? Or do you get overwhelmed by it all and metaphorically sweep it under a rug? Or perhaps you're handpicking a few bits of data that you can make sense of and simply letting the rest pass you by. Well, my friend, the fact is that understanding the data and setting things up to effectively measure and interpret that data can be your video marketing secret weapon. So this is an episode you won't want to miss. This is the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, helping you engage your ideal audience to action through online video. I'll be bringing you the absolute best in the world of video marketing, content creation, storytelling, and marketing strategy, as together we grow to dominate online video and build profitable businesses. I'm your host, Ben Amos. Now let's get on with the show. G'day and welcome back to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. This is episode 194. If this is your first time joining us here on the podcast, I'm excited to welcome you. You're in for a treat for this episode. But if you've been listening for multiple episodes or for a number of years, you are awesome. I appreciate you and welcome back for another episode. Now, before we get into it, I just want to mention that, yes, this is episode 194, which means we're rounding out onto episode 200. And I'm planning something special for episode 200, but I want to hear from you. What do you think I should do to mark 200 episodes of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast? Let me know. Reach out, podcast at engagevideomarketing.com or hit me up on any, any of the social media channels. Uh, best one there is just come to my DMs there on Instagram at engage underscore Ben and let's have a conversation. What should I do for episode 200? Let me know. Legendary business leader Peter Drucker once said, what gets measured gets managed. And when it comes to video marketing, I often refer to the importance of understanding the metrics that matter for your video strategy. Well, in today's episode, I'm really excited to bring on a guru in the world of data and marketing to help us 
really get to grips with not only what's possible to measure to add valuable context to a video strategy, but also how we can get started getting things set up the right way for our business or for our clients. My guest today is Chris Mercer, commonly known as just Mercer, and he's the co-founder of measurementmarketing.io, a sought-after measurement marketing expert, and he's been helping marketers, marketing teams, and agencies plan out what's important to measure in their marketing, to build measurement systems using things like Google Tag Manager and Google Analytics, which if you're anything like me, are tools that are slightly scary, to be honest. But Mercer will help us get clear on that in today's episode. He's also responsible for helping businesses create actionable dashboard reports and finally use those reports to forecast and optimize their marketing results. In short, Mercer helps marketers know, trust, and grow their numbers. And I believe that Mercer is one of the best at bringing analytics and digital data into terms that anyone can understand. So if you're like me, you'll be inspired in today's episode to take a whole bunch of notes and action items for your own business. So here we go. Get those pencils sharpened, slide rulers out, scientific calculators at the ready. Let's jump into my interview with measurement marketing guru, Mercer. Mercer. Welcome to the podcast. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate you uh, being here. Well, I appreciate you being here as well because I've heard you in in a number of other podcasts, um, another a number of other places, and I know you're an absolute wealth of knowledge when it comes to what we're going to talk about today. And I also know that speaking for myself and also for the listeners of this podcast, that it's an area that many of us struggle with <clears throat> when it comes to understanding the world of of measurement and analytics and data around both our video strategy, but just marketing strategies in general. So before we get into it, I'd love for you, if people haven't come across Chris Mercer or Mercer before, or your company measurement marketing, I'd love for you to just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, our company is measurementmarketing.io and it's kind of our main mission in life to help marketers understand what their numbers are, specifically when it comes to their marketing, right? Knowing what the results of their marketing are, and then more importantly, most importantly, how they are getting those results so that they can ultimately not only know the numbers, but they can start to grow those numbers. And uh, primarily that's tools like Google Analytics, Tag Manager, Data Studio, things that are free to everybody, uh, but are, even though they're complicated, they are very, very powerful. It's just that they come with really bad instruction manuals. So it's our job to help clear things up. Awesome. So you talk about this idea of measurement marketing, and I think people understand what measurement means. Mm-hmm. They probably understand what marketing means. Mm-hmm. You tell me what you understand is what the idea of measurement marketing really refers to. Yeah, that's a great question. The, the way that I have always thought about this was, and I, and this is what I do with, with marketing in general, I always try to find like my offline analog equivalent. So if you have yeah. a store and let's say you're you know selling shoes, People would walk into that store. You would ask them a question. What are you looking for? What types of things? You would walk them through. You'd try the shoes on. Maybe you upsell socks along the way to the checkout. Then you wish them, you know, give them a coupon to come back later. Like all of that stuff happens offline. And in that process, there is a conversation that is happening between, in this case, like the salesperson and that prospect and that user, right? Well, the same thing's actually happening on websites right now. Um, whether that's a web page loading up, whether that's a VSL or a video that they're interacting with, there is a conversation that the user is having in their head with that web page, with whatever's on it. And the the idea of measurement, and specifically measurement marketing, is that you can actually listen for that conversation. You can measure for that conversation. So use Google Analytics to, to listen in on their side because you can kind of tell what they're getting and what they're not by the behaviors, right? How they're actually interacting with the pages. And that's how we measure. We measure to listen for their side of the conversation. And then the marketing side of it, well, that's what we adjust as marketers to keep the conversation going in the direction we want. So maybe that's re, you know changing our ad targeting or changing the copy or the offer or the headline, something along those lines. And that's sort of the concept. Is measurement marketing is all about the conversation, understanding what it is and then making adjustments to keep the conversation going. I love that. You explained that really well. So I'm interested to hear from your perspective, when it comes to measuring marketing, where do you think that most businesses or most marketers are screwing up? Oh, that's a good question. I think there there's a lot of areas and it's not that it's their fault. It's that yeah. it's so big. 
that it's like, you know, what do you do? It almost feel like you have to have somebody specialized to do yeah. some of this, right? Um, but to, when people that are, are just starting out, I know that this, and I'll speak from our perspective, when we were just starting out, we thought Google Analytics was something that you just started using. You would turn it on, you would put the code on the page, and then you would jump into Google Analytics because it had a bunch of stuff. And obviously it wouldn't have stuff if that stuff didn't mean something. So then you would look at the reports and then you see a bunch of stuff, but it doesn't seem to mean anything. And then you question yourself because you're like, well, I must be doing something wrong with analytics because clearly I'm not understanding what's going on back here. And in reality, and this is the biggest mistake, is Google Analytics needs a little bit of setup. It needs a little bit of help to tell a story. And when you set it up, and that's the part that people skip, and that's because they don't know that they should set it up, not just turn it on, there's a difference, but you actually, first you get the code on the pages and you turn on the integration, but then you actually have to do a little bit of setup to help it tell a story and to structure things a little differently. And then the reports become that much easier to use. The way that I have often think about this is if I gave you a kid's book, right? I give you a children's book and I have you read that children's book to me, you'll probably be okay at that, right? In most cases, you'll get through the book, you'll understand it, I'll understand it, be great. But if I take that same book, I rip out the pages and I tear those pages into pieces and I give you this pile of that, right? And I say, go ahead and read me the story. Could you read me the story? The answer is yes, you could, because I didn't change sense. your ability to read, right? So you're still a reader. Yeah. I didn't change your ability to read. But when it's all disorganized like that, it's really hard to figure out what's going on. It's not your fault. It's not that you're a bad reader. It's just that it wasn't structured properly. And that's what it is with Google Analytics. You, you give it a little bit of structure, you know, including things like tagging your traffic in and identifying the traffic sources and setting some goals. So you, you have an idea of what you're trying to do with all of that traffic coming to your page. Yeah, absolutely. I think my my illusion is for many people, and this is probably from my own experience as well, when it comes to understanding video metrics as well, is that it's very overwhelming. No matter mm. what the platform that you're publishing video on, um, when we talk just specifically video, is there's a lot of data there and you can see it in many cases, but analyzing and understanding that data and as you say, un like finding the story that it's telling you that's valuable to your marketing strategy or what you're going to do next is, is where the real power lies. Right. Now I, I know that you have some structure around how you approach measurement marketing as well. So can you mm -hmm. run us through a top level understanding of those, uh, those pillars of measurement marketing? Absolutely. So we really have five key stages that we go through. The first is planning. And it's really, that's, that's the process that I think everybody typically will skip in the beginning because it's so easy to turn things on in Google Analytics, right? You just sort of skip the planning part because you don't really have to, at least that's not what you think. But in the planning stage, it's really three components. It's figuring out what questions are important to ask and, and making sure we got a list of those questions down that we're trying to get answers to. Then it's figuring out what information will I need to collect in order to get those answers. And then, and this is the most important part of the planning process, what actions will I take based upon the answers I get? That is the most important part of that process. You do all of that before you even open up analytics or set up analytics or set up tag manager or anything else. So you have your plan done. Then you move into the build. And the build is the second pillar. It's where you actually start using tag manager and Google analytics and platforms like that. And the whole goal is to collect the information that you need to collect to answer the questions that you have in the planning stage. So you got plan and then you've built. Then you go so into before the you move on, just yeah. uh, can I just dive into plan a little bit sure. and and then how it interrelates with build because I'm, I'm thinking from a, a video marketer's perspective is are you are you planning for what you're going to do in your measurement before you're even producing content or yes. a campaign or yes it, or are you doing it kind of before you start to measure like doing it, doing it the at the table it's yeah. i'm really really glad that you brought this up because this is the biggest change from a trending perspective that we're starting to see kind of in the world of measurement it used to be that measurement was brought to the table way after everything was done so it would be yeah. the conversation of like we just spent a bunch of money on facebook what let's happened to all that money let's bring measurement yeah. right let's hey guys yeah. what happened they're like i don't know because you didn't tag anything right and and it was just never brought in well now measurement is very much needing to be a part it needs to be at the table before anything starts so when you say well here's the video that we're going to produce um and let's see an example of a video in that video you're not just blurting out a bunch of random facts there is some sort of structure to that story 
whether it's a video that's communicating a result in terms of like training videos, like we have it on our member site, or if it's a video sales letter that's trying to communicate something or a webinar, whatever that video format is, there's a purpose, there's a conversation that that video thinks that it's having or that you're expecting that video to have. Now it's one-sided, so we can't interact right with the users and say, oh, well, go ahead and click if you want to continue or anything like that, at least not in most cases. Um, so we but, we, but we can measure for that. So we can know, okay, are people interested in this video? And you go, okay, well, how would we know that? Well, they're, they'll be interested if let's say they, they hit play and they're there within 45 seconds, maybe a minute. It's like, that's some sort of interest, right? Like, okay, that's, that's good. And then it might be like, okay, are they engaging with my messaging? Right? Are they tuned in? Maybe it's like in a webinar where you might say, well, the first five minutes, we'll build credibility and authority for ourselves. And the next five minutes, we'll talk about the problem that we're trying to solve. Well, you can measure for that. And you can say, well, if they're there within five, within five minutes, but they didn't last to the next stage, we knew that we had built with credibility and authority, but it just wasn't enough. We lost them in that problem area. So maybe we're not using the right languaging. Maybe we need to adjust that. And that's very different than what you might see in some of the traditional video analytics that we have. Uh, in my opinion, they all look the same. I, I can tell you what almost all of them will always look like from now and forever. They always start up here and they go down here very quickly and then they do this with the long tail. They all do that. All those graphs kind of look the same, which shows that most people drop off within the first couple of minutes and then a bunch will stay on. And that that's okay, like it's good to know, but it's also highly predictable, which doesn't really mean it all that useful. What I want to know is, did they hear the pitch? Did they agree that they have these problems? Do they understand? Did they hit the part where I talked about the solution, right? Did they, maybe I talked too much about me being an authority and credibility in the beginning and it was 15 minutes long and I lost them all. It's good to know that so I can shorten that. And that's why it's so important to have measurement at the, at the table up front in that planning process, because you're starting to build out, whether it's a funnel or video messaging, the idea is here's what I believe is going to happen. Here's how this is supposed to work. But right after that, you have to ask yourself, well, how would we know if it's going to work? That's where measurement comes in. And the measurement can come in and say, oh, well, that's fine. We'll just set a little timer. So after seven minutes and 32 seconds, when you switch gears into this section of the video, we'll send a little thing into Google Analytics that says, cool, now they're in this part of the video. Right. Very different than 25 percent of the way, 50 percent of the way, 75 percent of the way. That's good. It's just it's just generic and you can get much better when it comes to measurement. OK, I love this. And I want to get into some of the tactical stuff that you just briefly touched on there mm -hmm. in a moment as well. But, you know, what you're saying there is what I say as well, is that when it comes to planning for video strategically, which happens before you produce any frame of video, you need to understand the metrics that matter first. So what are you trying to achieve with this video and look to measure the metrics that matter for that goal for that video. And then you can set up your, your measurement stack to do that. So you've exactly talked about right. planning. Yep. We're in the build stage now. Did you, have we covered that and we're moving on or where are we at? With yeah, these so the most part, build stages is, is where is where a lot of those tactics are. I'm happy to dive back into those too. But but it's really, it's using tools like Google Tag Manager and Google Analytics to collect those behaviors. So did they hit seven minutes and 37 seconds in? Did the, you know, did the button pop if it's a delayed button type of thing? Like all of those different behaviors that are happening on the site can be collected and stored in a, in a database, such as kind of what Google Analytics is, is, is a behavioral database. And it stores all those behaviors. So now we have have the questions that we asked, and then we have the information now to get the answers. Well, then there's okay. the reporting phase. And that's where you take all that information and you display it. And for a lot of people, when they're first starting out, it's the Google Analytics reports that they're using, but they can be a little clunky, a little googly, um, especially if you're not a quote unquote numbers person. So you, there's tools like Google Data Studio that really focus you in and tell the story, right? And, and that's what I really like about Data Studio is in this reporting phase, you're not displaying information. It's instead you are giving answers to the questions that you asked based upon the information you collected. And those answers should lead to action. And an example of that would be like your car dashboard. You look at the speedometer and you instantly know, do I hit the gas or hit the brake? There is no analysis required, right? What I hear people talk about, well, I'm trying to figure out how to analyze my reports. I'm already like, they're too complicated. You shouldn't have to analyze them. We're marketers, we got better things to do, right? In your case, it's video, you think you have better things to do. You don't have to stare at numbers all day. You need to be able to look though. You, do, you don't just not look at your car dashboard, right? You probably look at it quite often, but you don't analyze it. You just look at it, you get direction and you move on. You take action and you adjust the car as you go. Same thing with marketing. You can make a marketer's dashboard that kind of just gives you the answers you need so you can go take the actions you need to take. So you've got plan, build, and reporting. So the next stage okay. of this, and this is where it sort of really levels up because this is definitely things that people don't do, is forecasting. 
So this is where you take your benchmarks that you got in your reports, because now you sort of understand how your videos are working. You understand how your funnels might be working. You understand your conversion rates, and you sort of have an understanding of the story. Now that you have those benchmarks, you can start to predict and forecast forward, right? what we call marketing forward. And you can basically say, well, next week, here's what should happen with this funnel. I'm going to have 100 people come in from Google Organic. I'm going to raise my budget on Facebook. So I'll have 2,000 coming in from Facebook. Of those 2,000, here's how many people should opt in. Here's how many people should close from email number seven for X amount of dollars or whatever the thing is that you're measuring for. But you can start to forecast and say, not. it's no longer asking that question of like, okay, well, what happened, right? What, how are people using our site? Like that's, I get why people ask that question, but it's, it's, a really, it's not a really great question. It's not a good quality question. Instead, you should be asking, did this work like it was supposed to? In other words, did it work according to plan? Right. So yeah. now your forecasts tie back in your plan. So you got your plan building for sorry, plan uh, building, reporting and forecasting. Now, once you have that set out, you've got your forecast, an idea of, OK, here's how it should work next week. Then you just measure against your forecast. So now you're sending actual traffic. You're recording all the results. You've got your measurement dashboards already running. At that point, you're just measuring actual versus what your forecast was. And you're very quickly going to see where you're hitting the mark and where you're not. You're going to see what step isn't working as expected. And when you know that, that's what leads you to that final pillar, which is optimize. Now you, that's the part where you take any action. And you know, okay, we need to flip out the headline or, okay, we're going to have to change the middle part of this video because we're just losing a lot more people than we normally would on a video like this, right? And you start to really understand what actions you need to take, change those, adjust your forecasts, put them out there, measure against your forecast, see if you hit the mark, see if you didn't. That's the optimization phase. So those are the five pillars really of measurement marketing. It's planning, building, reporting, forecasting, and optimizing. Okay, I love that. And what I love about that is that you're looking at measurement, not just as a retrospective tool, as you said there, but much more as part of a proactive part of your marketing toolkit, right? So, and I think that's what the mistake that so many people make when it comes to uh, the metrics and the analytics is they use it as a way of looking back at what happens, not really using it as a way to understand what to do next and how to change and adapt moving forward. And I think that's really the, I think the gold in what you've just shared there. Excellent. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, there's nothing else in the world that anybody else does like they do with, with data. Like you don't put a bunch of random parts in your driveway and then hope it's going to turn into a car. Right. You always, you always plan things out and you're like, this is what should happen. And everybody does that with everything. You don't mix a bunch of ingredients and hope it turns into a cake. You have a plan, you follow a recipe, right? You're always kind of judging, is this working like it's supposed to, but with big data, for some reason, everybody goes into it and and they think that they have to sleuth around to find like this one insight that they're, it's like this jade monkey in the middle of a statue. And they're like, oh, I'm going to find this magic insight. That's going to turn me into a supermarketer. And it's just this doesn't work like that. It works the same way like everything else does is you come to it with a question. Is this working like it's supposed to? And then you look in your data and your data says, yes, it is or no, it's not. And at that point, you can then take the actions you need to take. Yeah, 100%. Love it. So we talked about data being potentially overwhelming for people, particularly if we're not doing much measurement or much uh, looking at the analytics when it comes to what we're doing with let's say video marketing specifically. So I want to bring this to a to a practical and tactical sense now for our listeners so that we bust the overwhelm mm-hmm. and we help people really understand what to do and what that what action they can take after listening to this podcast today. So what I'd love to do, Mercer, is kind of walk through a bit of an example of how we can get the right measurement marketing tactics in place and use them to inform a strategy moving forward, as you've just explained there with those five pillars around the idea of specifically using video on a landing page. So are you cool with that if we just kind of break down a fictional example of using different videos on one single page, just to simplify things, obviously Mm -hmm. in the real world, videos can be in a whole bunch of different pages, um, but I guess it's kind of the same sort of approach you might take, right? Um, Yeah, so are we cool if we just kind of walk through a bit of a case study? Is that cool? Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let me just come up with a, a fictional example here. Um, I'm going to selfishly just, let's say the example of the business is a video production company. Right? <laughs> Love so, it. Yep. <laughs> so we're a video production company. We're trying to sell video production services. Mm-hmm. So let's imagine that our, our website is a single page website. So top mm-hmm. of the page where above the fold, we're going to have what I would recommend to put a awareness 
video. So the goal of that video would be to get that emotional connection with your ideal customer to help them understand why you do what you do and your, why you're different to your competition and how you can help solve the pain that your ideal customer is feeling. So that video might be a couple of minutes long, right? And then as we scroll further down the page, let's just simplify things. We're now in the middle of the funnel, as I've talked about here on the, on the podcast before, we're going to have some, some client stories or some case studies. We're going to have some uh, kind of videos that show the success stories that other people have had um, with our video production business. We go further down the page, we're going to put some videos there that are around educating people around what is video marketing, um, you know, what types of videos they might do. So some more educational videos. And then at the bottom of the page, we're going to have a video designed to get the action to take place, the conversion, right? So it's a call to action video that addresses rational objections that people have to buying from our company. That's a simple kind of three-step funnel there. Yep. Four different video types along that, along that stage. Do you, do you follow me? Yeah. With me? Yep. Yep. And so you've okay, got your call to action one by one. basically at the bottom. At the bottom. So the idea okay. is someone scrolls right. down the page and by the yep. end, they're convinced to buy. Right. Yep. And that's a very sim- simplistic kind of approach, but let's try and break that down. So how are we going to measure and what do we need to do and where do we start if we built out so that page, I'm gonna, but there's I'm no gonna... measurement. 100%. So I'm going to preface this with just helping everybody to, to give yourself permission to be where you are when it comes yeah. to just measurement skills in general. Um, when we talk about this at measuremarketing.io, we talk about the measurement journey and that in the beginning, no one's got anything set up, right? And it's mm-hmm. you kind of bump around in the dark, it feels like sometimes. We literally call that the cave, where it's like you're bumping around in the dark and your job is just light things up and get something that's better than what you have so that you can get some visibility, right? Get out of the cave and get some visibility. So when you get out of the cave, we call that the valley of visibility. At that point, you're gonna ask bigger questions. You're gonna start asking more detailed questions and you'll probably go back to your setup, to your implementation and you will improve it, right? To, to answer those questions. And then you continue that process. You move into the hills and you and you improve your setup again to answer questions. And then you go into the summit because maybe you've got better skills now. You're learning a little bit more about some stuff or you bring in a new tool. Now you can do some crazy cool things. And now, so you rebuild the setup again because that makes it even better, even stronger. So the goal is, uh, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to answer it kind of from that cave level setup. So for anybody that's got skills with a kind of like, Hey, I I would do this with this with tag manager. Absolutely. I get it. There's lots of different ways to get things done. That's kind of the beauty of measurement. It's actually the best and worst part because there isn't just one way to do anything. There's lots of different ways to do it, but we're going to talk about come out from a very, very basic setup. Um, and and what I'm going to do for, since it's video in particular is we're going to, um, I'm going to, uh, have the setup be with um can we assume there's tag manager involved yeah or if not okay. then they've set it up or they're going to set it up okay perfect now the, and the reason that we want tag managers because tag manager is a platform for those unfamiliar that is designed to measure for behaviors that's what it does that's really all it does it's it collects different things that are happening on the site things like did they start my video did they hit play did they pause did they complete the video right did they stay there for a minute and 30 seconds tag manager is what allows all of that to happen and then it sends all those different details over to google analytics where it's stored and eventually you can build reports from it so we'll assume you know at this point we've got tag manager kind of collecting video interaction stuff and we've got Google Analytics. So the way that I would set this up is I would I would I'm going to start uh, with kind of the, the middle part, which is the page itself, right? So the page loads up when the page loads, we would record a goal and I would set something called what we call the ACE model. So A stands for awareness is A, awareness. C is when did they complete the journey? And then E would be set a goal for when they're engaging along the way. And that way you can kind of see a drop off. You can see maybe where they're not engaging. Sometimes you have multiple E's in that process. Um, Depends how long your your funnel is, your customer journey is. So what do I do is I would have Tag Manager listen for when that first video is played, that kind of above the fold video. Are they even interested? Are they interacting with with our messaging at all from the welcome to the brand introduction that you were mentioning before. So did they Mm -hmm. play that? Now it's a fairly quick video. um, So I don't know if you need to have a ton of duration, you might uh, need to have that on there, but it's really the most important thing is that are they interacting with that messaging? Because I think fairly quickly they'll communicate. Yeah. Okay. We're with you. And now let's go see what you got. Right. There's kind of particularly if the video is built properly with the right storytelling approach, it should get the 
connection quickly. Yep, that's 100%. the goal of that video. And, and if it's not, you can measure definitely more granularly. So I said, like, there's different levels to this, right? But let's just keep it general. We say when they hit that play button, we know they've now achieved that goal of awareness, at least brand awareness. So we, we mark that. Then as they go down to the next video, right, where they're looking at testimonials, that might be more of an investigate signal or an interest signal where it's like, okay, we're we're interested in what others are, are how others are, are working with them, right? We want to be able to see that. So that might be when I set up any of those videos, hey, if any of these types of videos or these four different video titles, when any of them hit the play button uh, or when they complete the process, right? However you want to measure it. Um, but then you can fire a goal to Google Analytics and say, okay, at this point, it's testimonial interested, right? We know that they are somewhat interested in the messaging, at least hearing how other people are reacting. Underneath that, it would be, okay, we want to get into um, some more details about why you, right? So why, why what your uh, particular service or product or service is. So in that video, it might be more of like, okay, now I'm actually, it might even must be like another signal. I mean, you could technically do four goals for this one. So another sort of engagement signal that says, okay, they are, they not only were they interested in what others said about us, but they actually started looking at our messaging. And then underneath it, you go, okay, here's the final call to action. Let's set another goal. So when they interact with that, they are actually completing our customer journey. That's going to be our completion of the customer journey, at least from the video messaging part. Now, yeah. I would actually set another goal after that, which would be the click that goes to the next page, because it's like, yeah, yeah. did they actually, you know, they actually were they exposed yeah. to the message versus take the action, right? Um, and the video is one part of that, and then taking the actual action the video wants them to take, whether it's a form or a button click, I would measure measure for that too, because in that process you'll you'll hear the conversation. You know, and then you might see like people aren't really interacting with the testimonial stuff, but they are interacting with the about you stuff. Right. And that, and if you start to see something like that, you might go, well, maybe that's if they're kind of skipping that. Right. Even though it's from a hierarchy standpoint, it's higher, which means it's more important for you to get that message across. But maybe it's not important to them at that time. And you flip flop those. And you start going, okay, well, if that's what happens, and this is where I'm going through the planning stage, right? Just hypothetically thinking, well, if this shows us a nice funnel that, you know, kind of goes step one, step two, step three, and it's a nice little triangle style funnel, great, no harm, no foul. If it kind of gets wider at a certain point, right, where it sort of bulges out, then I might go, okay, well, that's more important to the market. I might change the hierarchy then and say, well, the first one's going to be first yeah. for awareness. Second one is all about us. Third one is what other people are saying. Fourth one is let's get started. Here's what you might be thinking and here's how to handle that. You know, and so now and then with the understanding that if we make that adjustment, it might improve that funnel process. So that's kind of a really uh, simple way of measuring just by a simple when they click on play or when they complete the video. But remember, depending upon the video length, you can also do times. And with a video, it's kind of the best part about it is, is it's designed to have a conversation. There are parts to you, to your uh, credit, it's the idea of story. Each video has got an arc. There's a chapter, right? There's loops that are being opened and closed and transitions that are happening. You can measure for those. In video one, that might happen very quickly at 37 seconds in because it's a short video. The bottom video might be 10 or 15 minutes or whatever it's going to be. And maybe that first transition lasts till 12 minutes in. And so you you can just adjust that, right? Um, and that's kind of, again, the beauty of Tag Manager. You can kind of customize for the, for the listening for the behaviors that you want. But I would keep it as generic as possible when you're first starting out. The, the real real answer to where would you even start if you don't have video set up, if you don't have tag manager set up, it's even beyond that it's traffic coming in and it's, did they make it to the next page? Cause even if you, even if you don't have tag manager and I love setting up tag manager for videos and, and telling the story, I think it's super useful, but if you don't have that, it would be focusing on understanding that, Hey, was it an email that sent them in? Was it a podcast that sent them in? Was it uh, Facebook or paid traffic that sent them in? Was it Google or paid traffic that they came in and found you? And then what happened? From that traffic did that traffic end up resulting to going to the next page did it did facebook pay traffic come in and just sort of die there or did it result to them going to that next step whatever it is now if it didn't result to the next step that's where you sort of have this journey measurement set up where you're like well why didn't they come to the next step they landed on the page and the organic people seem to be going through to the next step why aren't facebook people and you go why why aren't they interacting? I, obviously, Google Organic is doing something different than Facebook is, and that's why you measure for it. Again, that might be an example of where you would sort of level up into that, measure for what's happening with those videos, and you'll see the story. It's, it's my favorite part about the marketplace is they are not coy, they are not trying to hide anything, and they will, they will tell you immediately if they like it or if they don't, but you have to ask them in the proper way. If you don't ask them properly, they will just stay silent. Right. And so when you ask the market, do you like my video? 
but you don't measure for that, they can't tell you and they're not going to. But if you say, do you like my video? What I mean by that is you played it, watch 30 seconds, you know, and then click the button below and they go, oh yeah, that we did, right? Or, oh no, I watched 30 seconds, but I didn't click your button because I thought your offer was bad. You know, and, and you start to hear that conversation going on, which gives you an ability to change and adjust it. Does that help at all? Yeah, hundred percent. So much in that. And I think um, listeners will probably have to rewind a couple of times and go through that a, a few times. So that was <laughs> it is, super it is, it is one of these podcasts. You just get one thing, right? Like just take yeah. on one, one action you can take and then come back and listen to it again and uh, watch it again, I should say. And, uh, you know, get a next one thing. No, I love that. There's a couple of things I want to unpack though, dive into a little bit deeper. So, you know, assuming that um, people haven't really had much experience with Tag Manager and, and the yep. integrations with video interactions, can you talk us through, is that restricted to certain platforms? Do you need to use YouTube embeds on the page? Uh, can you just talk us through an understanding of that interaction between Tag Manager and video content on a page? Yeah, absolutely. So again, Tag Manager is really a platform that has one purpose, which is whatever the, the however the user is interacting with the web browser, right? That's happening, the Chrome browser, Safari, whatever it is, whatever those interactions are, scrolling up and down, time on page, clicking on links, clicking on videos, right? Interacting with elements. That's what Tag Manager can collect and then send that to other platforms like Facebook or Google Analytics, things like that. So when it comes to video, it has, and you ask a really good question about different video platforms, Tag Manager will, uh, has a built-in trigger, they call it, a built-in way for them to measure YouTube embed videos. So anything coming from YouTube as a platform, you embed it on your site. It's pretty simple to set that up. It's kind of a built-in feature of Google Tag Manager to do that. And absolutely, I would use it. It works really, really well. However, what if you have Vimeo or Wistia, right? Or some other platform. Yeah. Um, good news is there are scripts that are available for that. So you can Google those on the internet, say Google Tag Manager in Vimeo or Google Tag Manager in, in Wistia. And you will see uh, scripts that'll pop up that you can use with Google Tag Manager that essentially just teach it for how to listen to a Wistia video because it's a different library and style, right? So it's like, I understand it knows how to listen to a YouTube video because it was built by Google. So it knows YouTube, but it doesn't know the, the language that Vimeo uses. It doesn't know the language that Wistia uses. So you sort of give these scripts to it and it teaches it. Oh, now I know it's a Wistia video and I can tell when it's 25% of the way through or two minutes in or whatever the thing is. Same with, with Vimeo. Um, so for the most part, and I, I'd say with uh, very little exception, I haven't seen one that isn't capable of doing that. Um, there's all sorts of video players that are out there, some public, so, uh, some private. Um, every single one has at least, I can say with confidence, the potential of being measured by Google Tag Manager. Whether or not somebody's created a script already for it might be different. If it's a new kid on the block for a video player that, that no one's heard of yet, then maybe it's going to take a little bit to get that out there. But it, but it certainly is possible. Um, Vimeo and Wistia for sure already exist. Okay. Awesome. That's good to know. So I think some people can get tri tripped up on that and think they, they only need to use YouTube. And in many cases, YouTube isn't the right platform for embedding on a, uh, on a website. Yep. Yeah, so we use Vimeo think, for our membership site. And so we, and we use YouTube for uh, parts of our public pages. So we use both, right? Well, the, with yeah. Vimeo side of things and it measures for our membership site, for our dashboard reports, for member engagement. And then we have the, the marketing side that might be using some of the YouTube stuff um, for various reasons on blog posts or something like that as an embed that we can measure for. Very cool. Yeah. Use the right tool for the right purpose. Exactly. The other thing I wanted to, to explore with you is for many listeners of this podcast, where they're running production companies or running video marketing agencies, where they're delivering content to clients, often the gap that can be between the video and the return on investment for the client that, mm -hmm. who you're producing this video for is the measurement, right? That's often yeah. what's lacking there. And for many video producers, they rely on either surface level metrics, like look how many views this got, that proves that there was a return on investment for this video we made for you, or look at the retention and those sorts of things that you can get from analytics platforms relatively yep. easily. But for many businesses, particularly if the video is to be implemented on a website or in a sales page or as part of a funnel, they need to measure more than that. So how would you recommend that a content producer, so a video producer, actually advise or work with a client to get the right thing set up so they can get the right visibility on the return on investment. Does that make sense? I don't know if you yeah. do that with your clients or um, if you can help us understand from a video producer's perspective, what are the simplest things you can do without taking over the full measurement stack of Right, without being the one that's company. like, I'll have to do this now. Though yeah, there's exactly. an opportunity, right? It's an opportunity for an be. agency. It could yeah, be. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll set up the measurement for you too. Um, it, it's really, 
I go back to that planning stage of the, that, that what we call the KIA process, question, information, and action you're going to take based on the answers, that QIA. So that when you're working with a, uh, a client and you want to you want to be able to set the expectation for how this is going to perform and i and i get the the rough spot that a video producer is in because if i'm working with you and you're producing a video for me you have no control over where that video is going or how i'm going to use that video really right i could put it on a page that that is the entire wrong completely wrong traffic source for it get a lot of traffic going to the video, but the video won't do anything because the messaging's off, right? Um, so as a video producer, it would be, what I would recommend is asking more detailed questions. Okay, who's going to be seeing this video? Where's the traffic going to be coming from? Um, is there a way that you're going to be able to know that the traffic is coming from that? Like, do you use analytics? Do you use UTMs? Like, you can sort of say these phrases that, that people, the UTMs are little parameters you can use that will identify the traffic, right? That most people that are just in the beginning stages of learning uh, analytics, one of the first things they learn is, is that stuff, how to, how to identify traffic. And so it's like, are you gonna be doing that? How will you know if that comes in? This is because if somebody says, well, you got 10,000 views, but nobody clicked on the button, you can go, well, where's the traffic coming from? Oh, that came from the Facebook paid campaign. Oh, well, we build it for the Google Ads remarketing campaign. So we're starting at level two, but they're still not on, the, they're not on the first rung of the ladder yet, right? So of course we yeah. need to adjust the messaging. And so digging into that sort of stuff of how are you going to measure this and how is it going to, and also just from a, a content production standpoint, so you understand your part in the story, Right. So it's OK. They come in from a traffic source. And then what do you expect them to do after this? So I definitely want them to you know, engage with the messaging, and everything else. But what are they supposed to do after? Click the button, fill out the form, go to the next page. Right. Whatever the action is, protect it. And how will you know they did that? Right. Which means they should be setting a goal in Google Analytics on their side to know somebody came in from Facebook paid campaign and they clicked on the button or became a lead or whatever the thing is. And in between was your video. So therefore, you can infer some results coming from that. Because you'll be able to say, okay, here's how many times the video was not just viewed, but viewed from Facebook. And then how many of those views from a conversion standpoint, right? So if you have a 1% conversion rate with Facebook, but a 5 or 10% conversion rate from email, like that tells you something, right? Different traffic sources will react differently to the video messaging, depending upon what it's talking about. So that's how I would look at it and, and help the client because they might not realize that they have to set that up now. What will happen is if you ask them after the traffic's hit, they haven't set that up and they're like, well, we're really not sure, you yeah. know, and then, then it becomes your, your problem because it's like, well, it's just your bad messaging. It was your bad story. And it's too easy for the client to do that. Um, yeah. And it doesn't mean that the client's wrong, but they should have a little more than their own gut. It should be like, well, no, you're, you, know, you see this with, with page builders all the time with traffic agencies, right. That'll send to a page and be like, well, we're sending a ton of eyeballs, but no one's converting. Whose fault is that? Is that the traffic fault or is that the pages fault? Right. And the answer is who knows? Cause we're not measuring anything. You don't know. Maybe it is bad targeted traffic that came to the page and they were, they're not going to convert no matter what. But if you're not measuring, hey, are they, are, they, are they lasting at least 10 seconds on the page? Like if they're not, there's clearly something off. But if there is and they are on there at least 10 seconds, but then they're not interacting with the middle part, well, maybe the page is kind of kicking them off a little bit and you got to adjust the page, right? And there's a point there. So if you listen, again, it's listening for that conversation through measurement. If we listen for the conversation that our users are having with our web pages, they will practically tell you exactly what actions to take to get a better result yeah that's so good such good advice and i think you know something that i always uh, share with my students um, and, and with people who are in that position of operating as video strategists within a video production company i think your role is to understand the role of measurement and the ability for certain platforms to talk to each other and to understand and help your clients understand how to set up the right measurement, even if you're not going into the nitty gritty of doing it for them. But if we're providing strategic advice to our clients around how to get the most out of their video, as we're handing over a completed video, which I highly recommend video producers do, they actually have that input. So mm -hmm. they're not just handing over videos and saying, good luck. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, getting developing an understanding of what's possible around measurement marketing everything that chris has sh shared with us today in today's podcast i think is the very least that you can do to provide value to your clients just help them understand the possibilities and point them in the right direction so thank you so much for what you shared i think that's highly valuable i want to um be respectful of your time but but dive into one more aspect before we wrap sure. up today which is i'm interested to hear from you What's changing in the world of measurement? Like, it, particularly as kind of 
things around legislation, you know, think about Facebook and the way Google are changing things and analytics changing. Yeah. Um, is it getting harder to get more accurate measurement of what we're doing around marketing as legislation changes or is it getting easier as platforms are getting more sophisticated and making yeah. it easy for us to do that? What's, what's coming it's and what's changing? really, really good question. Uh, so when it comes, when it comes to this, and, I, and I'm going to backtrack a little bit by mentioning the A word. So we don't even call it, we don't even use the word accuracy. It's always A word here because there is no such thing as accuracy. There never has been. That's been a fairy tale everyone's told themselves. Um, but there, but there, and you don't want accurate. What you want is useful. Right, what you want is useful. When you have something that's useful, you can take action on it. And, and there is a, a certain point where something will not get more useful. For example, if your Google Analytics says you sold $999,000, but you really, according to your cart, your merchant processor says you sold a million dollars, is analytics accurate? No, but they are both saying you sold about a million bucks and they're both from an, a usefulness perspective, they're identical. So they are equally as useful, even though one's less accurate, doesn't matter. So it's not worth the time, energy and effort to get that extra thousand dollars to be in there so you can have a more accurate result because it didn't get any more use, usefulness, right? So always focus on the usefulness of your data and of your measurements, right? And once you have that story and you can take action, you're good, move on, right? Now to that end, there is a, uh, a number of trends that are happening, really three big ones, um, two of which you've already mentioned, which is one, governments and laws and legislation, and that will get much bigger as time goes on, that it's not going to go away. It's just going to continue and it's going to get exponential when it comes to uh, what companies, what companies, which data they have access to and how long they have to hold it and all this other stuff that's going to come on. It, that's just going to get worse for sure. Second thing is tech platforms. So Apple and Facebook got into a tiff in early 2021. Um, they're still going through that uh, through 2021. And uh, you know, then you've got Google changing how they're doing things. So the tech platforms themselves are redefining what access you as an individual business are allowed to have to their information, right? So what's happening essentially generically is instead of the individual details of everybody, they're going to give you aggregate. So you, I can't tell what Ben's doing anymore, but I can kind of tell what people like Ben are doing. Good yeah. enough, right? That's going to be good enough, I think. But that's, but that's what they're doing. So it's a little more anonymized. The third big wave is from the market themselves. Everyone's kind of tired of being followed around with that shoes you know, thing over and over again to buy shoes when they already looked at shoes one time and they bought them already because the marketer was lazy and never set up a kill pixel to, to keep that ad from firing. Like in this, in this market, we, we did it to ourselves, right? So this is there because of just mismanagement and, and laziness and, and to some extent not understanding how the platforms work properly and just getting too used to shouting at people all the time. And people want to stop that. Right. They, they don't want that deafening noise anymore. So the market doesn't want this. Tech platforms don't want this. The governments don't want this. That means data as as what we are used to seeing to the level of granular detail that we are used to grabbing is not going to be there. And that's OK. And yeah. I'll go so far as to say by the end of this year, there'll be less data available to you. And that's OK. And by the end of next year, there'll be even less available data to you. And that's OK. Because what if you think about this, this is where uh, I'm hoping that basic stats class is going to come back a little bit for people. I know stats is not a fun class for people to think about. The only most important part about stats is sample size. When you ask enough people, you can predict how the group will operate, right? You can, you can make a reasonably good, useful prediction as to how the group's going to behave. So if I ask a chunk of users who go through my funnel, and I measure that performance of the funnel, I can kind of predict how the rest of the users are gonna go through the funnel. In other words, I kind of have with reasonable usefulness how my funnel's performing. In your case, how they are watching the video and are they nailing that message or not? You can get a, a useful enough amount of data to come back to be able to take action. So even though we can't get it you know, at this individual level anymore, I don't honestly think it's gonna change all that much from a marketing perspective. You know, there's that old joke of, you know, I spend half my money on advertising. I just, or I know half my, my money works in advertising. I'm just not sure which one, which half, right? Like that's going to continue. That's going to be around for another hundred years um, going through. But from a marketing standpoint, and I'm trying to give people constructs to, to help get them out of this mindset that they think they need to know everything about Ben and what Ben did. And if they just follow Ben around forever, Ben will eventually buy. But that is not true. They need to find people like Ben who are interested, people who are interested in the brand or potentially interested. A certain percentage of those will then engage and a certain percentage of those will actually buy and a certain percentage of those will buy again. And this is just how behaviors work. It's, we're all humans. 
we're very eerily predictable with our behaviors, right? And so I think that the, the usefulness of marketers be using numbers to do that is still going to be there. Remember, if you go fishing, you you don't look at the, the lake and you, you don't need to know where every single fish is at every single point in time. It wouldn't even make sense for you to look at one particular fish and try to catch that one particular fish. What makes sense if you want to catch fish is you got to know where most of the fish are most of the time, right? Based upon, oh, this, is, this area's got a lot of brush. I'm going to catch my... I would just go there because I know fish gather around brush and you learn to do that as a marketer as well. That's exactly right. You got to know where to cast the net and and you don't need to know where every individual fish in the lake is. You just need to know where most of them are most of the time. And you can build a very, very good business without having to get bogged down the details. Now, if you're an enterprise level who has millions of hits coming through an hour and you've got all this data coming through, you can do some fancier stuff, but that's not most small businesses. We just don't have that amount of data. So we're not going to have all the fancy access to machine learning and AI and all the trendy stuff that's out there. But again, you won't need it. You will be able to have enough information. And this is, this is the key to remember from this whole conversation. You will still have more than you need to take the actions that you need to take. You'll have more. In five years, you will still be drowning in data that you probably don't all know what it means, but you'll have enough to be able to take actions, no matter what. Even with this holy, holy trifecta of all these different forces, governments, tech, and, and the marketplace kind of pulling data back from us as marketers, you'll still have plenty to be able to take the actions. You just got to know what to do with it and how to use it. So good. Awesome. Good answer to that question. I appreciate your insight on that. And Mercer, I, I really appreciate your ability to take the complex world of measurement and marketing and analytics and bring it down to a place that makes sense to, to me, to us, to our listeners. Um, heaps of value in today's episode. Thank you so much for that. And for anyone who wants to connect further with with you, Mercer, or, or your company, Measurement Marketing, or follow what you've got going on, where's the best place to, to find you? Sure. So our, our company name is our website. So it's measurementmarketing.io for anybody that's interested in uh, learning about measurement marketing. Um, we also do have a free, what we call a toolbox membership. It's a lot of measurement marketing tools, comes with weekly training. So if anyone's interested in that, kind of wants to get their feet wet a little bit in the world of measurement, if you go to measurementmarketing.io forward slash engage, it'll take you to the measurement marketing toolbox. So again, measurementmarketing.io forward slash engage and the free membership is sitting there for you. Awesome, Mercer. Thank you so much for that. And we will have the links to all the things that we talked about, including that link uh, to the, the toolbox there in today's episode. Show notes at engagevideomarketing.com slash episode 194, 194. Mercer, thanks for joining me on the show. It's been a valuable chat, which I'm going to need to listen back to as well to uh, take a few notes. So thanks for today. Happy to help. Thanks again for having me, Ben. All right, and a big thanks to Mercer for joining me again here on the show. And the link again is engagevideomarketing.com slash episode 194. That will have everything that we talked about in this episode over on the show notes there. And again, the link that Mercer shared was measurementmarketing.io slash engage. And that's where you'll be able to jump in on the resources that he shared directly with you guys there. So I encourage you to go and do that. Measurementmarketing.io slash engage. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, I would seriously love a rating and a review on your podcast player of choice. Every rating and a review helps this show reach more people. And I appreciate you for just taking a few minutes to do that. And finally, that shout out once again that we're coming up to episode 200 and I want to hear from you. What do you want episode 200 to be all about? Let me know. Reach out to me, podcast at engagevideomarketing.com or at engage underscore Ben on the Instagrams. And I can't wait to connect with you and find out what you think if you've been listening to this podcast for a while. So again, I'm Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing, and it's my role to help you engage your ideal audience to action through effective video marketing strategy. And thanks for joining me for this episode, and I'll see you next week for another interview here on the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. Bye for now.